Hey there, my name is Ushin Lunny and this is Audio Matters, a weekly podcast on all things audio, presented to you by Harman. In this week's episode, we take a deep dive into the new frontier of gaming, immersive audio, and learn how Harman is setting a new benchmark in audio for gaming. I'm delighted to be joined by two of the leading experts in the field, Damon Johnson, the Global Category Director for Headphones at Harman International, and Alfredo Fernandez-Franco, the Director of Immersive Audio at Harman International. Welcome to the podcast. So I'm going to start this week by actually carbon dating myself when I reveal that the first video games I played back in the day had no soundtrack at all, just bleeps and sound effects. In fact, you were lucky to get a theme tune from most of the machines in the gaming arcades. So I've been observing the, and admiring the long evolution of video game soundtracks from 4-bit blips to the big budget sonic masterpieces we're familiar with today, with orchestral scores that would put many big budget movies to shame. So long story short, gaming audio is a big deal in 2020. Uh, so Damon, Harmon obviously has a long heritage, an impeccable pedigree in the audio market. In fact, JBL is going to celebrate its 75th birthday next year. But why did Harman get into the gaming market in the first place? Thanks, Ocean. Uh, we've been eyeing the gaming space from a headphones perspective for a number of years now. Uh, in 2018, we really began our research in earnest uh, and looking at, at four things. So we wanted to identify who the gamer was, uh, what is the addressable audience of the gaming accessories market? Um, who's the competition within the space and, and what are their features and technologies? Uh, all, and finally, what is the technology base that we have at Harman that could enable a better gaming experience? Uh, looking at all four of those factors, uh, we identified a, a task force internally, uh, everything from marketing to key account management to see what was happening at retail uh, to ensure that we were really elevating uh, the gaming experience uh, with JBL. Talk to us a bit about the size of this market. How big do we think gaming is going to be? Great question. When we first started to research the space, we were looking just over a billion dollars in terms of trade value for the, the gaming accessories market. Um, yeah. we're, we're currently uh, encroaching on $2 billion in this calendar year. In the next three years, Whoa. they're saying it's going to grow to $3 billion. So still uh, only about 5% of the total uh, headphone category. Yeah. Uh, if you look at headphones as a whole, it's really only about 5%, although uh, certainly taking up a lot of mind space uh, with the consumer, with gaming being just so hyper-relevant right now. Awesome. That's uh, very, very cool. Um, now, a lot of people who are keeping an eye on music and gaming will have noticed that Travis Scott, a huge star, recently played a gig in front of 52 million people in the virtual game of Fortnite in the virtual world. Uh, now that there are some massive stars like Travis Scott getting involved in gaming, have you witnessed an impact uh, in the audio market? Absolutely. And specific to Fortnite, there's a term for it. It's called the Fortnite effect. And it happened in 2018. Uh, we saw a rise of about 40% in gaming headset sales. Uh, and really, Fortnite was the first Battle Royale game to, to take off. And Battle Royale was unique and really was uh, pivotal for us in our decision making to enter the gaming space. Because uh, for the first time, communications within the game, uh, not just uh, the audio output, but the audio input uh, was just as critical. Right. So we wanted to and we knew we had such uh, a major competency within uh, the microphone space and the communication space that we could lend to the gamer. 
Right. That, that's really interesting. And uh, Alfredo, I'd like to turn to you to get a bit of an insight into what kind of gaming audio equipment have the boffins in the laboratories at Harman been developing? Oh, we're doing a lot of um, really interesting things. Um, so one of the equipment we are developing is a massive sphere of loudspeakers to measure uh, head-related transfer functions or you know, filters that uh, when used on audio, they trick your brain into believing that sounds come from a certain direction in space. I mean, that thing is massive. It's like seven meters diameter. Wow. It's a uh, pretty big uh, measurement equipment. It's actually located in an area of our labs that was used to measure stadium loudspeakers because that's the only lab big enough to uh, actually fit the equipment. So we were developing all that, plus, you know, lots of algorithms, lots of DSP, um, prototyping sensors and, you know, putting them on headphones. Uh, It's been interesting. It's been interesting. Wild. And uh, you mentioned DSPs there, algorithms, mm. etc. Um, yep. What kind of things make the Harman equipment that you've been developing unique? What's What do you bring into the table with Harman's expertise? Well, so we have, as, as you know, a huge, huge legacy of audio, uh, mm. you know, research. But so we're also using other areas, like, for example, some of the DSP algorithms use some technology that's normally used on graphics, sensor, sensor fusion, machine learning. So, for example, one of the features we have on our on our Quantum uh, One headphone is, so we give you a small microphone, right? You put it in your ear, you put on the headphones, and we do some measurements. Uh-huh. Then those measurements go into the cloud, and we do some machine learning on them and give back to the application a set of filters that then improve your localization. And, you know, all that requires networking, again, machine learning, data data science, uh, acoustics, digital signal processing, sensor fusion, uh, lots of areas, you know, combined to be able to provide this technology. So it, it, there's a lot of science that goes into the development of these new products and this new category. Um, that's really, really interesting. Uh, we, we will absolutely come back to that. Um so, the open question, what does it mean for a leading audio brand like Harman to be getting into the gaming space? And what does it say about entertainment trends? Yeah, it's a great question. And, and frankly, something we wanted to dig into um, during our research phase. Uh, you know, it was apparent there were four main leading manufacturers of gaming headsets, um, all of mm-hmm. which were endemic to the gaming space. These were gaming brands making uh, portfolios specific for gamers, in many cases, uh, you know, with with talent bases made up of 100% of gamers, right? So uh, we, we wanted to dig into that to make sure that, hey, is there something we're missing here as a brand? Is there a competency that we are overlooking uh, from an audio perspective and from a brand perspective what is the gaming community going to adopt uh, a non-endemic gaming brand into their gaming ecosystem um, so again a tremendous amount of research that went into both of those um, ultimately on both fronts uh, we decided that yes we certainly have the the competency and the supplier base um, to compete from a, a feature and function point of view uh, and we actually went out and interviewed 1500 gamers across four different global markets uh, to wow. determine the second question to say hey will, will gamers do gamers resonate with the JBL brand 
And overwhelmingly, the answer was yes, that people trust mm. JBL from an audio perspective. Uh, and we're very enthusiastic about what JBL could bring on the technology front uh, to their gameplay. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, that makes complete sense. So, so how do you think in practical ways that gamers will benefit from the considerable expertise of Harman when it comes to their audio and their immersive audio experiences? So normally when you have a, you know, like a stereo mix and, you know, you have two loudspeakers in front of you and basically your field of view acoustically, if you, if you want to use that term, is, re- is reduced to between the loudspeakers, right? So if you want to put a source at 60 degrees, well, tough luck. Now, if you have a 7.1 system, right, you can then put some sources behind you. They might not have that much accuracy, right? Uh, but then there's nothing above or below you. So what we were thinking is, how do we trick your brain into believing that, you know, Wearing headphones, you can hear so- sound sources outside of your head, above, below, around, far away, near you, and so on. So we started, you know, measuring people and like, okay, so how do they, how do we generate signals so that your brain gets tricked into saying, all right, that's left, let's say four meters and 10 degrees up. So wow. we went out, measured people, generated a huge data set uh, and um, extract the features of those signals that were more relevant to that uh, end, right? So we started developing these algorithms. And funny enough, we started developing and prototyping things in video games. Uh-huh. Because back then we didn't have, uh, you know, the hardware. We didn't have the sensors. We didn't have everything. So we used one of those uh, head-mounted displays with, you know, head tracking and so on. And, you know, the amazing thing about video games is they have this huge physics engine inside of them. So every sound source has a coordinate in space in relation to the user. And, you know, it feeds all that information to the plugins. And then we were able to combine our measurements plus the data from the physics engine and prototype all these, you know, algorithms. Yeah. And then the challenge was to take that into just a small plug-in that you could put into Windows and integrate into the audio engine so you could just plug anything like, you know, start VLC player or whatever. Uh, I don't know, for example, Netflix. You start Netflix yeah. now and because our algorithms run within Windows then you automatically have a 5.1 surround system on your headphones. Wow. And the importance here was, all right, so we have all these algorithms, right? We subjectively think that, yeah, we can hear things around you. So how good are our algorithms? What's the benefit? So for gaming, as in life, right? If you cannot hear where your enemy is coming from, you're doomed. Yeah. Like that's one of the reasons why humans have survived as a species, because they can hear things coming behind them, right? If there's a tiger that's going to eat you, I mean, you need to hear it. Otherwise, you're, you're dead. So it's the yeah. same with video games. So adding a head tracker and these 3D audio algorithms with head movements you're able to to distinguish like, hey, yeah, there's a actual sound source behind me. So I need to pay attention and move, right? Mm. Um, and so, yeah, we we realized the benefits of that. We started, comp- you know, measure, measuring and comparing to our, to our, to our competitors. And mm. we realized that, yeah, we outperform all of them. Yeah. So that's one of the reasons why we thought, you know what, we can bring this into the gaming and, you know, have a real competitive advantage over 
our competitors. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's so much work and science and expertise that's gone into the immersive audio products there. But yeah. in a way, it's not surprising because you're the first true audio brand really to get into the space for that reason, because of the expertise, the manufacturing, the scientists, etc. You know, you're offering something profoundly different and profoundly new. Yeah. Um, to, to talk to us a bit about the, the backstory if you like, of Harman X and how did the company find its way into this entirely new category? Well, Harman X is the research arm of Harman. So we develop all new technologies. We go and find, um, for example, in this case, uh, suppliers of technologies too, like sensors, for example, and how we can adapt those sensors into our products, mm. uh, what kind of algorithms are going to be required so we are like kind of the looking forward uh, part of Harman. So what's next and how should we approach these new technologies and how do we bring them into our products? Harman X is, um, in my opinion, like the best research group when it comes to audio. We have lots of expertise there. Um, several scientists, you know, working around the clock on just headphones, like how to improve the quality, sound perception, how do we make them sound you know, amazing? What about A and C? What can we improve? I mean, there's so much research being done. Yeah. Once our marketing team realized that, yeah, you know what? Gaming is something we want to pursue. Uh, then the question was, what can we bring to the table that differentiate us from our competitors? Right. So immersive audio was, of course, one of those um, differentiators. So... Yeah. That's why Harmonix got engaged there. So we we needed to bring algorithms that were precise, immersive, accurate, um, that were that were able to run on a consumer product because you know there's 3D audio is not new; it's been around for many many years. But the issues were always CPU power consumption, the cost of the sensors, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So we went out and started developing these algorithms with the target of having them running on a consumer product. And that's how Harmonix got involved, basically. And so for Harman, it's, it seems to be about a lot more than, quote unquote, just headphones. And I believe you're also supporting some very cool esports teams as well. Is that right? We are. We just uh, signed a deal with 100 Thieves, one of the oh, most cool. influential in esports groups uh, across the planet. Uh, and these guys yeah. uh, are relevant in many of our global markets and uh, are great ambassadors for the brand, using the headphones uh, in all of their competitions, uh, promoting on social media, uh, really doing some amazing things uh, on that front. Yeah, fantastic. And Harman is very known globally for having some huge stars as ambassadors, uh, you know, as advocates for JBL and a lot of the different brands. Is the new category around immersive audio, is it attracting folks who are maybe outside of the esports arenas? Well, I think the just the level of gameplay is extremely elevated because of the audio experience, mm. right? To your point, um, you know, when we were all gamers, uh, it, when we were younger, uh, you know, the, the audio experience was secondary, very much secondary. In fact, something, you know, which you alluded to, which is, yeah. it was, um, sometimes even a distraction <laughs> to the gameplay. And, and now it's very much, um, the audio input is just as relevant, uh, in becoming a competitive gamer and even just enjoying the game itself as the visual component. 
Yeah. And I, I'm glad you <laughs> used the word younger there. That was very kind. Thank you. <laughs> so like audio quality is a big part of games these days, but talk to us a bit about how the audio quality specifically affects the gameplay of an esports team, a competitive esports team like 100 Thieves. So ultimately what uh, Alfredo and his group are achieving is um, accuracy, right? And that's that's really what we are bringing to the table here is mm. is developing an audio solution that allows the gamer to be more accurate. Yeah. Uh, at the end of the game, uh, gaming is a competition and uh, every competition has a winner. Uh, and that's what esports is all, all centered around. And even the, the casual gamer uh, is in it to win it, right? Sure. And so if we, can, if, if we can provide an audio solution that enables... Uh, every gamer, not just the professional esports gamers, uh, but everyone uh, to to win more. The game is more enjoyable. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Earlier on in the in the podcast, uh, I mentioned the parallel that I've been observing. Uh, you know, as somebody who's been in the music industry, uh, with this whole kind of wave of growth for high quality music and high quality audio in gaming, where you know, in the movie world, it's always been accepted that the soundtrack, you know, the, the the foley and the effects and the score, that's a huge part of the film. If you try watching a film without any music and it just loses all of that impact. But do you think that there are parallels now where we are today with the importance of movie scores and soundtracks with audio and high quality audio in the gaming world? What, what does audio and the soundtrack and the whole experience mean for gaming in 2020? Oh, well, I think it's extremely important. Um, and, you know, the technology for audio and video games is was, it's so advanced compared to what we use for music and cinema. Um, it's it's uh, funny. When I started developing the algorithms, right, um, I have a background in music recording. Cool. So, you know, you have your doll, you have the play button, record, you have your tracks, mm-hmm. you press the button to play, and you hear the same track all the time, right? The same with cinema. Yeah. Now... With video games, that's no longer true. So everything is event-based. So let's say um, when you are in a certain area of the game, the music needs to change to add some, I don't know, drama or tension. Yeah. So even the, the way the music is composed has to change. It has to be, you should be able to transition between areas of your score depending on certain parameters within the game engine. Mm. So that's a new paradigm. So your mix is no longer static. It might change depending on where the character is within the game. So that's strange. Yeah. You're not used to that. If you see the dolls they use for for video game mixing, it kind of looks like a normal doll for music, but it's not. It took me, you know, a couple of weeks to figure out how things work and realize that, oh, yeah, I cannot just press play because uh, the mix is going to depend on where you are in the game. Yeah. And when, because we were mixing in VR, you know, to get the information from the sensors and so on, you have to move in order to affect the mix so you can hear if your mix is correct, which is a challenge when you have the head mounted display. So I would, I'd probably look silly having that, you know, HDMI or thing connected to my computer and just moving it around while I was doing the mix. Um, yeah, it, it was a totally different experience. That's wild. So it's very different. It is very different. And um, in cinema, for example, you don't have to take into account that the, you, the listener is moving like you would do in VR yeah. or games. Um, 
So I think video game audio is a lot more complex than cinema and music. Mm. And, you know, the tools that were developed to support all that, you know, handling the coordinates of the user and the objects in the game, you know, that physics engine, like where are the walls, what kind of attenuation do they add, what, you know, materials. And it, it's so complex. It's, it's actually beautiful. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Is there, is there a lot of uh, very elegant mathematics under the hood there, I'd imagine? Yeah. Yeah. Nice, nice. Um, so, but of course, we're seeing a boom for gaming and gaming use on the, the back of the pandemic. Gaming console and game sales soared when the lockdown was announced. Uh, if I remember right, one week in March, when the lockdowns were announced, a total of something like 1.58 million physical game titles were sold worldwide. And this was an 82% increase from the previous week. And there was also, uh, across the month of March, an increase of 155% in console sales. Do you think, there's an open question again, do you think that this COVID effect will turn out to have been a pivotal moment in the history of gaming and its adoption? Yeah, it's a really interesting insight and something we are paying very close attention to at the moment. Um, Our data is saying that we will see uh, about a 20% bump in gaming headset sales in the year 2020 uh, related directly to COVID. And specifically, because we are all staying at home, we are all socially distancing, we're all spending a lot more time in front of our computers. And so uh, perhaps resurrecting some old gaming habits. If you're already a gamer, you're probably spending more time um, and you know, interested in in gearing up, uh, getting some new accessories. It's also introducing a, a lot more new gamers to the space, which is something that I think, to your point, will be the lasting effect. Yeah. Uh, if there is a silver lining here with the current situation, is that uh, there there are a lot more new gamers in the ecosystem right now, and um, presumably, uh, you know, these these gamers are are needing to start from scratch in terms of their their ecosystem so um out there in the market looking for a new new headset new mice new peripherals across the board sure. um and so that's something that we're we're excited about uh, additionally the work from home uh scenario here where we're all working remotely and and possibly working remotely for the foreseeable future. Uh, Gaming headsets are a perfect work from home solution. Uh, You've got the boom microphone, you've got mute controls right on board, extremely lightweight. They're meant, they're designed to be worn for six to eight hours at a time. Um, So we're seeing a a huge swing in uh, or adoption rather of of gaming headsets being used as uh, conference call solutions. Oh man, that's a that's a really good point. That hadn't crossed my mind, but now it's it's very much in my mind. That's brilliant. And did you mention earlier that you can use these headsets to have an immersive audio experience with Netflix as well? Was that right? Yeah, that's correct. So wow. because the algorithms are running within Windows, right? So anything you yeah. play on Windows, if it has 7.1, you'll have 7.1. Right. And so one of the interest use cases that we might see quite a bit in the future now that we cannot go out and go to concerts it's actually 3d audio recorded concerts and streamed to your 3d audio headphones amazing so you will have the feeling that you're actually in yeah. the concert like you're gonna have sound around you yeah uh which you know it's not the same but it's pretty close I mean, as somebody who misses live gigs a great deal, all I can say is, uh, take my money, sign me up. <laughs> it sounds fantastic. Yep. Uh, so a, a lot of really cool new technology has been developed for 
um, the, the, the entrance into the gaming market. But what do you think? You know, do you think that this amazing new technology will mean something for the future of audio, even outside of the world of gaming? Oh, definitely. I think it's going to change things quite a bit. Yeah. So there's these. Uh, so there's many formats being created now to handle 3D audio and uh, object-based content. So one of those standards is MPEG-H. Uh-huh. That allows you to be able to change the mix of the audio that you are receiving. So let's say uh, you are watching a football game, right? Yeah. And you're receiving the stream in MPEG-H. You can actually mute the audience, for example, or the people in the stadium, or emphasize the the narrator, or you know, if you want to hear what the coach is saying, you can actually change the mix from your TV. It gives you some parameters that you can change because it's not just a stereo down mixed audio stream. So you can control the individual objects within it. You can make the you know the coach sound like he's to the right if you want. So it, it allows all these use cases. In audio, for example, you could have a, a concert with all the discrete, like the violin section, the cellos, the cymbals, et cetera, et cetera. And you can mix it yourself. You can make it more spread. You can ma- make it sound like it's just in front of you. You can change the reverb uh, because it has all these things that you can mix. So, and that's all based on, you know, kind of the same technology, just immersive audio. That's wild. I mean, I, I'm just taking my jaw off the floor here. I was just thinking <laughs> about the implications of all of this, you know, particularly mm. with classical music. Right. I mean, classical folks, they're, they're audiophiles and they, they love their high quality audio. They will love this. And mm. the, the whole thing of watching sports and being able to control the mix uh, is amazing. It has huge implications, what you're saying, for the future of people listening to music and what it means to do a final mix. And will we actually see an influx of uh, gaming technicians into the world of mixing music? It's fascinating. Right. So in the future, there's not going to be such a thing as a final mix. So you could take an old recording and extract like the violins and the cellos and the violas and all that, and then just rearrange them as you want in your room. Yeah. Which is kind of a cool thing. I don't know. That is so cool. That's that's literally amazing. Wow. And um, one term that comes up when I'm looking into this area of, you know, gaming audio and especially uh, what Harmon is doing is ambisonic microphones. Could you, you know, for, for a simple-minded uh, audio enthusiast like myself, could you explain what ambisonic microphones are and how they work in the world of gaming audio and immersive audio? Right. So... Now we have this paradigm that, you know, you have one microphone and you have a certain number of loudspeakers and, and you know, that's it. Yeah. Um, if you want stereo, you need two microphones. Uh, you know, that's common. But what we're doing now with Ambisonics is we're sampling sound fields on a specific point in space. So it means that you have information of, you know, how the audio is around that point on, you know, 360 degrees. Uh-huh. Uh, and then there is no correlation anymore between the number of microphones and the number of loudspeakers. So there is a microphone uh, that has 32 capsules, right? So it's basically 32 microphones in one. Wow. And that doesn't mean that you need to have these 32. You can actually record these 32 microphones and down mix the stereo right away or to 5.1 or 7.1 or you know, 7.4.1, just out of a single microphone. Yeah. 
And again, you are sampling the sound field, not the specific objects. Like when you're doing a recording on a studio, right? You put a microphone on the guitars, you know, you put the microphones on the toms, the kick drum, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And then you have all these stems. But with an ambisonics microphone, what you do is just put the microphone in the middle of the room and that's it. Just record the whole sound field. And then through DSP, you can create things called virtual microphones where you can uh, basically zoom into the guitar, zoom into the drum sets and so on. It's, um, it's a little bit more complicated, you know, wrapping your head around the concept that, yeah, there's, um, you're sampling a sound field instead of discrete sound sources. Um, some of these technologies used also on, on MPEG-H, so you can transmit an ambisonics stream, which then can be used to, let's say, if you want to zoom into the guitar, so you can actually use DSP to just pinpoint to the direction of the guitar. Yeah. So it's, it's, um, it's a very interesting technology, again, because you can sample the sound fields, so you have full immersive audio, but then you can also downmix to you know, more standard formats like stereo 5.1, 7.1, etc. That is wild. So what you're saying is audio is, be, is going to become, or maybe it's here already, immersive and interactive. You can actually control all these different aspects. Exactly. And now these microphones right now, you know, they're, they're expensive. You know, the 32 capsules and into a single microphone, you know, it's, it's, it's expensive. But... Yeah. As times goes by, these things are getting cheaper and cheaper and cheaper. So I think I saw a first order Ambisonics microphone for like $99. I don't know how good it sounds though, what? but you know, wow. it's getting cheaper. It's, it's accessible. Yes. That's really, really, really going to change our whole relationship with recorded music. That's so fascinating. Yeah. Even for, for cinema, like if you want to record on site, right? Instead of, you know, having all these microphones, you can have a single microphone, wow. put it in the middle and then extract certain areas of the, of the sound field. So there's applications for, for cinema too. Yeah. And this is really game changing for home cinema as well. Yeah. This podcast in, in two words for me, mind blown. That was so <laughs> interesting. <laughs> Thanks. So, wow. Again, what can I say? Mind blown completely. Amazing stuff. Thank you so much, Damon and Alfredo, for taking us behind the scenes of the exciting new category of immersive audio for gaming and beyond, where Harman is setting a new benchmark. Now, if you are one of those lucky people who got hold of a new gaming console for the lockdown, or maybe you're an esports player, or you just want to upgrade your gaming experience, do check out the show notes for links to the range of seven JBL Quantum gaming headsets. And if you enjoyed the podcast, don't forget to subscribe by using your favorite podcast app. And do check out our brilliant title playlist, which is put together by our guests every week with a few selections from myself as well. Happy gaming and see you next week.